guys, welcome back to another episode here on The Social Dilemma. My name is Nessa, your host for today, and also your favorite person. So today we are joined by a very dear friend, Kate Alter. Hi. Hey, guys. Uh, we're super excited to have you here today and to discuss the topics. So let's get started and start off with social media. Can you give us your general view and opinion on the platforms? Social media, I originally, um, like specifically Instagram, I downloaded it because um, I wanted to keep in contact with friends. I thought it was about time that I had one. Um, my sisters, uh, I have two sisters and they both had Instagram and Snapchat and um, they were always talking about how they weren't getting enough likes and oh if I post at this time I'll get more likes uh, or if I post these kinds of pictures I'll get more likes and honestly I was just really confused about what likes sort of meant to them I was just kind of like why does it matter how many likes you get and then I got Instagram and I started posting more and I sort of felt the pressure to get more likes and to get more followers and it sort of became like this obsessive thing for me in middle school. Um, and I feel like that happens to a lot of people, but I really just had to put it away. And um, I know some people get that with Snapchat too. I never, I've never gotten the whole like doing streaks thing. And like, I felt like I had to keep up with that. I've never had that personally, but um, I have time and time again, gotten obsessed with like Instagram and um now I more so use it to um, still like keep up with friends and it's been really great um, because during the pandemic I use it to keep in contact with people for yearbook because I'm in the photo department. So I can contact people that I don't know that way and I more so just use Instagram and like social media as a tool um, more than anything. Yeah, that's great. I just think that with the social media platforms, once you start using it, it'll like comes to you being addicted and obsessing over getting more followers and getting more likes because apparently that in the eye of society makes you to be a popular or like quote-unquote better person but that, that's just all that's just like fake reality so moving on what are your opinions like what what do you think are like the positive or like negative aspects of social media platforms like you said like instagram or twitter or snapchat and how has social media played a role in your life? A lot of people, especially like with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, a lot of people, well, personally, I, I didn't go to any protests um, because, well, actually it's personal, um, but I, I posted about it through um, social media, um, supporting it, that sort of thing with like the black squares and stuff. Um, we all did that, that was great. And um, I think the more like negative aspects also come from it like I mentioned before it started getting toxic because I felt like nobody well, like could properly communicate with each other so we were all just kind of putting like our thoughts out at one time and so that was an issue one of the biggest problems with social media when you post stuff it's sort of like you're seeking for a sort of validation that's it's not real it's not there um when you post things, I, like, okay, so I remember on the DC trip in, um, in eighth grade, people were, like, posting at 8 a.m., 
And they were like, I remember somebody on the bus saying, oh, I, po- I always post at 8 a.m. because that's when, like, right when people wake up and you get the most likes. And I just remember thinking, why, why does that matter? Like, why are we, why are we doing that? How come if you, you know, people post pictures of themselves wearing certain outfits or hanging out with certain people or doing certain things because they think that people will like them more if they do that and really it doesn't matter like your real validation will come from your friends and family and the people who care about you the most and anyone else who really likes you only over social media anyway or comments you know a couple of hard eyes on your post and then never talks to you again like really doesn't care about you anyway why are you searching for their validation just be you I mean at the end of the day it all just comes down to I think how you use it as a person and it can be it can make you successful it can make you go downhill it it has a lot of paths yeah so going off that um what are some ways that we can use social media positively yeah um i think like i mentioned before you can use social media positively to spread awareness about certain subjects like um i know that was uh, a big platform for the instagram was a big platform for the blm movement that's all great. But sometimes when I see people posting their opinions, um, it'll come with comments like, um, you know, if you don't believe in this, then, you know, you're dumb or something like that. It's not exactly like that. But um, I don't think it should be more focused on that. I think it should be just more focused on like the information, maybe taking the personal aspect out of it so that you're just spreading positive information instead of like trying to like force something on someone so i think that's a way that you can use uh social media positively so that was a great answer so moving on to our next topic mental health let's talk about it so can you got can you give us an overview of your experiences with mental health like when did it first begin and how has it like changed throughout the years and how have you been like coping with it or changed your ways of coping with it? Yeah, I I started dealing with anxiety from a very young age. I think um, maybe like fifth grade, I started dealing with anxiety and OCD. Um, and the OCD was actually undiagnosed until um, like early in my high school career. So that went on for a very long time and I was just treated for the anxiety. So of course, you know, when you treat one thing and then you don't treat another thing, it, it'll, it'll oftentimes go away and then come back and then go away and then come back. And um, I think um, a big aspect of what really made um, mental health difficult for me was that I was having a lot of problems in middle school with like the social aspect of middle school trying to fit in which made my anxiety worse um and it just it was just not a fun time it was it wasn't fun anxiety is not fun um and oh also and i think you talked about this in an earlier interview with irene king i listened to that great episode by the way um you guys talked about uh irene brought up a great point that um, people will often say things like, oh guys, you're making my, my anxiety flare up or you're making my ADHD flare up. And it's like, <laughs> um, and like they might not 
I actually have it. And, you know, just being a little bit worried does not mean you know, being a little bit, you know, worried about something this one time and does not mean that you have anxiety or diagnosed anxiety. That's a good thing. If you feel like you have it, please do not feel like I'm invalidating you. Please go get it diagnosed if you feel like you have it, but just using it as an excuse to, you know, tell the people around you because you think it's, it's cool is not, it, it actually invalidates the people who actually have it. Um, I'm not going to name some teachers, but I have, I have one teacher this year who denied me accommodations on an essay because she said that it was, um, <laughs> she said that it, <laughs> that it was an assignment and not a test. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Often when you have anxiety, if it goes untreated, it can, it can, it, it doesn't necessarily always, but it may also lead to depression. So it's really important to get that checked out. Um, if you think you have any sort of anxiety issue, OCD issue, is you deserve help. Like my friend, my friend, you, you deserve help. Um, go to a trusted adult. Um, it, it doesn't even have to be your parents. It can, it can be your teachers. Actually, it can even be a friend that you really, really trust. You don't have to suffer in silence. You know what I mean? And, you know, the longer you put it off, it, it won't always, but it can get worse if you put it off. So you, you may as well just, just get help and you deserve it. And I understand, you know, if, um, I know in some situations, uh, family can be a problem because your family might be like, oh, you're fine. You're fine. You have to tell them that you're not to the best of your abilities. And, um, you know, you can always, you can always get help from other places too on your own. Um, I'm not sure that there are some apps that I know may help. Um, I know uh, BetterHelp. I think that's for 18 plus though, but you can look it up. There are some apps um, that you can get help from journaling is good. Also, I know it might not seem like the best option, but there are counselors at school, um, which I know people are like, I don't want to go to a school counselor. I get it, but it's, it really, it really is better than, better than nothing. They have helped me in the past. So, um, please, you don't deserve to suffer in silence, my friend. I mean, like, you know, go get help if you need it, please. Moving on. So quarantine and even now, like everyone is just like so isolated and inside home and everyone is like so confused what are like some activities that you did or some activities that you recommend people do to deal with mental health i know that you um mentioned journaling as one absolutely yeah journaling has really helped me um just like wake up when you wake up just write everything that you're thinking, just a stream of consciousness, like down the page. It really helps. And like time yourself for a minute. That really helped me. It helped a lot of, um, it helped me get rid of intrusive thoughts that I would be having throughout the day, that sort of stuff. Um, it doesn't like cure any mental health issues or anything. It just kind of helps you get through the day, you know? Um, so journaling is one. Also, um, so you mentioned, uh, things for quarantine. We are still in quarantine. Just 
I'm just putting that out there. We are technically still in quarantine, um, but some things that have really helped me, especially with online school, is building a structure. I know um, a lot of people don't like to, you know, because they don't like to wake up at a certain time. It's just like, to, why plan your day? We're all here. We're all stuck here. It's still important to plan your day. It really is. Um, I can't, I can't really explain why. It's just, you'll feel better. I promise. Um, so even if it's like waking up at like 1030, I mean, I know we're all still going to school, but like, you know, on weekends and stuff, just waking up, just having like an alarm, waking up at 1030, um, having a certain breakfast that you can go to that's healthy. For me, I usually make, um, a smoothie and then I have um, some like fruit on the side and some carrots um, and then for lunch there are like many healthy options that you can have like celery and peanut butter that sort of stuff so just make sure that also the things that you're putting in your schedule are like eating and e more importantly eating things that are good for you um, so yeah also just so just planning your day is really important um, that's helped me a lot with my mental health and then um, exercise is a big one. Um, I like to run. I know a lot of people don't like to run. There's this really, really great uh, program. I'll give Nessa the link, so maybe she can link it below. Um, but it's for people who, it's like this, it's like a running for dummies guide. It's really nice, actually, because what you do is you have this program where you walk for five minutes, and then you run for for two minutes and then you walk for three minutes and you do that a few times and then you walk for five minutes at the end and then the next time you run for three minutes walk for two minutes and eventually you get up to the point where by the seventh week you're running or jogging for 30 minutes um and that's really helped me get my exercise in that's an important one for mental health you need to exercise um and i think the last one would just be um i know for online school it's been difficult but finding time to relax um, I've come up with a system for homework that really helps me so that I'm not sitting there, um, you know, like right after school all the way and, you know, through the night with like getting distracted with my phone, that sort of stuff. It's helped me get my work done a lot earlier. And basically what you do is you take a break for half an hour after school and then you work for a solid hour with no distractions. And then you take another half hour break and then you work for two hours. And then you take another half hour break. And then after that, if you haven't gotten, you know, everything done after three hours of work, you break it up more. So you do 15 minutes work, 20 minutes break, 15 minute work, 20 minute break. And it's helped me get my work done by like eight. Meanwhile, I would be actually more like seven, seven thirty, And then usually I'd be going well into like nine, 10 o'clock doing work besides that. So that's really helped me. And you can like, don't watch TV in, in these breaks, by the way, don't do it. Play with your dog, have a snack, drink some water, go on a walk. Do not get on, um, like start watching shows because you'll end up in a spiral. That, is ha that has happened to me. It's possible. Um, but yeah, I think those are some um, activities that you can do uh, to help with mental health. <laughs> Yeah, so how can we help peers or friends that are struggling with their mental health? So um, I think it depends on the person. So for different people, you can help in different ways. Um, one thing that really helped me to help someone else 
um, when my friend was going through a dark time a couple of years ago was um, I actually uh, went to different websites um, and read articles from people who had been through similar situations than my that my friend had been through and um, what they wish people would have done um, for them uh, and one of my favorite things that one of that I like that I read in one of these articles said um, you need to ask the person whether they prefer space or support and then whatever the answer is just give that to them like you know it's like literally the easiest question space or support what do you need space or support and um, whatever they need just 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 give that to them just be there for them and um, and you know sometimes it can switch at, at any given time and you just kind of need to be prepared for that and that's okay too but just like to be there for them let them know that you love them if they really need some sort of um, some sort of help uh, I recommend calling one of the hotlines I think it just definitely depends on the peop um, on the person so moving on to physical illness um, can you tell us a bit about your physical injury? Um, when did it start? What was your reaction towards it? And did it at any time foster a bad, like an unhealthy mental health on you? And if it did, how did that affect you? Yeah, I'd really love to talk about that. Um, so when I was nine, uh, I was diagnosed with scoliosis. It's, it's a disorder where um, your spine is crooked and this can be for numerous reasons but um i think the number one reason is like genetics my um my mom had it my mom's twin had it both of my grandparents had it so really i just got the worst of it so i think some general knowledge to know about scoliosis is that one in ten people um have scoliosis with a 10 degree curve or lower and one in 1000 people have what i have which is um, a degree, a curve above 30 degrees. Um, and for that, numerous things can happen. You can um, get bracing. You might have to be put through physical therapy. If it's bad enough, um, you may have to go through surgery if it gets to a point where you can't, you just can't fix it or you're too old to fix it. Um, I was very lucky that it was caught early. Um, so, Basically, um, I went to the doctor, they, they did some x-rays, and they found that I had a 50-degree curve going one way and a 30-degree curve going the other way, um, which was absolutely terrifying in a third grader. <laughs> um, and they, the Stanford doctors told me that, and I mentioned Stanford doctors because I'll, I'll tell you in a minute, um, they told me that I would have to get surgery which i'll explain the procedure is they have to it's very gory i'm sorry but it's it's important they have to cut open your back and they have to put a metal rod and they have to sort of like infuse it into your spine that was the surgery at the time now there's a i think one that's a bit better but they still have to remove your vertebrae and stuff anyway they insert it into your they sort of mold it to your spine and um and then they they sew you back up you you may not live it's it's sort of it's sort of a game of chance but they told me that i would never um 
be be able to be a height above four eight. Um, and I was just I was just crushed. I mean, I was nine. Um, it was really really sad. Uh, and my dad was like, "Is there anything we can do? Is there anything else we can do? We really don't want to put her through this surgery. It's awful." And um, he said, "Well, there is one thing you can do, but." It's really, it's sort of like a startup company. They don't really know what they're doing yet. She'd have to be sort of like a guinea pig for, you know, for what they're doing. And it's a physical therapy clinic in Campbell. And I went and I did physical therapy there for nine years. And um, I was actually one of their first uh, success cases. I worked very, very hard. <laughs> they tried a lot of different stuff with me. I must have had about 10 or 12 braces. Um, a, bra a brace is like, by the way, it's like a cast that goes from, uh, from like where your armpit is down to your hip bone. It's like sort of like having an arm cast, but on the middle of your body, it makes you stand up very straight and it pushes in certain places where your spine is curved. So it kind of hurts because it's supposed to be sort of pushing your spine into the middle where it's supposed to be. Um, but it was very important for me to have. And, um, my dad, who's an advertiser, actually started doing advertising for them. And now girls from all over the world, I say girls because it's mostly girls. There are some guys, but for guys, it's usually not genetic. It usually comes, uh, scoliosis comes because uh, there's a tumor in their spine um, that causes them to have scoliosis, that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, so now people from all over the world come to this clinic and um, I'm very proud of it. But one thing that I wanted to talk about was um, the mental health effect it had on me. Um, sorry, um, for about, I don't know how many years, like maybe seven, eight, eight years, um, I was doing physical therapy for an hour and a half a day. Um, usually it was very painful. <laughs> um, so that took a big toll on my mental health, my ability to feel like I could get it all done, homework, school, that sort of thing. And also I felt very concerned because I had to wear a brace to school, which means that I could not wear tank tops and you know fun clothes like the other kids. I had to wear baggy things that would hide my brace. And um, it, it wasn't fun. I felt very insecure about it. And um, I know for other people, it, it didn't necessarily, weaken me more, I would say. I think in the end it, it made me stronger, but I think that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm sort of like, oh, I don't, you don't have to look the same as everyone else, be the same as everyone else, like nobody cares. Um, it's because I sort of went through this period of time where I wasn't allowed to look like everyone else. I wasn't allowed to wear the same things as everyone else. And um, it, it was just, it just kind of like, held on, like, gave me the confidence to sort of just, like, be me, like, whatever. Um, but I feel like it did give me a lot of anxiety at the time. Um, I had to, like, sneak off to, um, to, the, to the health office every day to take it off for PE. Um, and then I would come back, and people would be like, where have you gone? So, yeah, I think in, in those ways, it affected my mental health. Um, I know for other people, it's not like, um, it's not, 
like I know for some people they may have um conditions like uh like life-threatening conditions it was nothing like that um I'm not trying yeah like I'm not trying to say like mine was was any better or any worse or anything like that it's just different like I know a lot of times um with kids with like cancer and stuff it's it can be threatening your mental health because you're worried for your life and it was nothing like that for me it was just a matter of of coping at the time as like a you know as a third grader you know you're still a child it's a pretty difficult thing to undergo and it, it's just like it's like you don't have the amount of knowledge to like you have so many questions and so many concerns and it's like very scary so i want to thank you so much for sharing that with us so yeah that is today's episode bye bye chickadees love you